Good evening, everyone, and thank you for listening once again. Uh, today, what we are hoping to get into are some of our favorite appearances by supporting characters that essentially just stole the show, which uh, we kind of got, I guess we kind of got inspired by it after we were talking about Anthony Hopkins on the uh, ending scenes episode. And uh, the one who brought that to the table and is back once again is my good friend Rogan. You say? Good, e good evening, Solo. I'm very well. How are you, my friend? Yeah, doing well. Doing well. <laughs> had had my evening tea, so you know we're buzzing for this. <laughs> yeah, man. Belly's full and all that. I had a uh, lovely Sunday dinner at my nan's, so you know oh, I'm feeling up. good, chilled. Mm. Let's get on this. What about mm. you, Sam? What, what was what were you having for dinner? I had a spinach and ricotta pizza from Sainsbury's, and I must admit, um, their their pizzas are banging. You know, their 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 fresh ones in the chilled in the chilled counter. They do a they do a goat's cheese and caramelized onion one as well. Heck, unreal, yeah. unreal. Bro, I used to go to town on those spinach and ricotta ones. Like like as soon as you said that, I was like, motherfucker knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trust, trust. And they're always on rollback. They're always like down yeah. to two pounds. And I'm like, yeah. Like I'm down to course. clown for two pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? You never go for your, your fresh stuff at the start of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Save it to evening. Wait, wait for them stickers. Yeah, oh, I remember a friend of mine, uh I wanna say it was my friend Michelle. We were we were in a we were meta hall actually. Uh Shop, shopping center in Sheffield. Meadow Hell. And yeah, and oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we were, I can't remember what we were, it was like Christmas time. So we were both doing some shopping for presents. And as we were leaving, she was like, oh, it's shit. I'm just going to go through and buy some bread. And like, first I was so fucking baffled until we got there. Like, all of the bread was like 15p down from like two quid. <laughs> it was Thank nice. You. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we're not just here to talk about bargains. As I mentioned, we're also here to talk about movies, would you believe? So, um, Rogan, do you want to take us away with one of yours? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, like, when it comes to a supporting character, their, their sort of main purpose is to, is to push the protagonist forward within he, within the hero's journey um, most often than not. So I want to go with um, my, what, when I was breaking this down uh, Leonardo DiCaprio came up but firstly for Django Unchained um, uh. so, because like he absolutely steals the show in that and, and he, brings, he brings the protagonist up to his crescendo um, but then, I mean, you can't talk about Leonardo DiCaprio and his performances and stealing the show, uh, even though he is well known as the main guy in a film, without mm. rewinding all the way back to the beginning um, for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which was released in 1993. Have you guys seen this film? I haven't. No, you know, I I've haven't. heard of it, though. I've heard the title has always like intrigued me. 
Yeah, it's incredible. So the lead is Johnny Depp. He's Gilbert. Um, and he's got a younger brother. He's got um, quite a few younger siblings, uh, two sisters and a brother. And his brother is uh, he's disabled. Um, now, it's in a time in a small town in America where it's not diagnosed at all. So you're never given a diagnosis. For, oh, so it's a, uh, it's a mental illness? Um, no, no, it's physical. It's like kind of like cerebral palsy in a in a oh, in a way. Right. Uh, but I don't like when I say that because I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah, but like autoimmune shit then. Yeah, like he obviously um, he's got the men. He's like eighteen, but he has the mental age of somebody a lot younger. Um, you know, but Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in this film is incredible. And um, even though he'd acted before, um, people didn't really know his name. So when they saw this kid on the red carpet, who's, you know, just coming up to sort of Romeo and Juliet kind of age, mm -hmm. uh, they were like shocked, like shook to see that he's the same kid who like plays this, this like you don't question um, Arnie is the character. You don't question Arnie's disability at all. It's natural. It's it's incredible. It's one of them performances. But when they say uh, Leonardo DiCaprio should have won his film in the first few films, like it, that's one hundred percent true. It's it's an incredible performance. So at the start of this, uh, I mentioned how the supporting character should push the protagonist further within his journey. Without Arnie, Johnny Depp's character is kind of a bit of a prick. Not really, a, not, not so much a bad guy, but he's got no drive. Um, you know, he's got nothing really in life. He's, he's, we find out the, the dad killed themselves and the mom uh, just sort of wasted away all those years and became huge, hugely obese, which again, in the early 90s, wasn't really a thing. Um, so she's like, she's a bit of a laughing stock of the neighborhood and she never leaves the house. So Johnny oh. Depp's this like older brother who's got to maintain the household, sort of be the dad of the house. Um, so he, he doesn't really have any drives, any aspirations. It's Arnie who drives the story on forward. Um, because like he has to look after Arnie and it's just, it's incredible. It's really heartfelt. And although like, no, there are no bad performances. Juliette Lewis is also in the film and John C. Riley and Crispin Glover for any, uh, uh to the future Jesus fans. Cast. Really? Yeah. Really good cast. And I guess in 93, uh, maybe Crispin Glover might've been the biggest name there. Uh, Juliette Lewis actually. Probably, um, but yeah, and then you know for these careers to then come out of this film, uh, but really the star of the show, the reason the whole film works, is because Leonardo DiCaprio brings an element of truth to this role that's just, just mind blowing. Yeah, I really recommend it. Uh, yeah, that's one of the performances that I thought stole the show. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like it. 
I'm also trying to imagine in like a 1993 Leo. Mate, if so you he watch... He looks so young in Titanic. I'm and... going to send you a clip <laughs> from this film because you're, you're not even going to know it's like Leo. It's just like, no, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds good. Um, well, what's, uh, what's the one you've brought? Or at least well, one of the ones you've brought, rather, Sam. You know what, I'll go, I'll go fresh face as well um, and jump in with uh, Chris, Christopher Mintz-Plath in Superbad. Uh, I, I chose him uh, yeah. for, and this was the thing, this is one thing I realised when making this like list, or when I was thinking about it and whatnot. Um, reverting back to our comedic relief episode, mm-hmm. um, off-air Leo mentioned Donkey from Shrek, and I remember he was one of one of my suggestions for that comedic relief, McLovin yeah. also. Then I was thinking Alan from Hangover, and it seems to be that like the comedic relief characters steal the show a lot. And <laughs> when they buy, with, with, yeah, yeah, no, with definitely. with this, I mean, it... I might end up just repeating so many points I made from that episode, but I just don't <laughs> think Superbad is what it is without McLovin. You know, no, He's I, not even I agree. The main, the main story arc, like he's just. You know, I mean, you're teased with it. I mean, he doesn't even enter the film for like the first like ten, fifteen minutes. Like it's all Evan and and uh, and Seth, and then you know you don't even know that the gold mines come in. And like as as the story, as anyone who's seen Superbad, you know, like they're all trying to get this booze for this party and like hopefully lose their virginities or whatnot. Very American Pie esque. But honestly, I just the McLovin and the cop storyline. It's just so good, and yeah. he just bounces so well off of um, Seth Rogen, and oh, I'm doing him justice forgetting what his name is. Who's the other police officer? Uh, I I can't remember his. He's an I think he was an SNL guy, but I I can't remember yeah. his name. Oh, is it John Hader or Bill? That's the one. Or yeah, Bill Hader. Bill, Bill Hader. Yes, Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. Thank you, Rowan. Yeah, their their little their little storyline is is too good, man. Um, I think when, yeah, I don't know, cause like I mean, their storylines eventually overloop, like they loop, they go, they come back to each other and whatnot. But like, I don't, I don't even want them to reunite. You know what I mean? I want them to just stick with the cops and just you know just do some more wild shit. Yeah, you know, and like I think with, because obviously uh, I think the storyline with Seth and Evan is like very coming of age, like they're going off to college, like they're they're realizing their friendships falling apart, kind of thing, just because they're both maturing at different rates, they both want different things in life, but McLovin's storyline is just so fun and just sticks with just the comedy of the film from just you know I mean tackling that guy getting punched in the face you know like even the yeah. scene where he goes out when they're like when they hit him with the car and he comes out with the cigarette and he's smoking for the first time I'm like he's just such a badass like <laughs> he's such a badass um which is why and easily like if you if you quote if people are quoting super bad you know what i mean they're, they're throwing a mcloving quote out there they're mm-hmm. not. They're not going for a, a young Jonah. And this is the thing: everyone nails that film. Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, all of them mm-hmm. do so well. But 
he, Mick Lovin steals the show. He's, mm. he's been, and I think that's yeah. the first thing I've seen him in. I think the first thing I ever seen him in. Same, um, I think. Yeah. And he's one of them where it's like now, like even though I know his actor's name or whatnot, if if most people see him in a film, they'll just say that's Mick Lovin. Mm. They won't say Christopher Mint's person. I feel like when you become the character you played, and when that is the thing you're notorious for, that's just like, mm. you know, that that goes to show you you did an amazing job. Yeah, the ass kicked yeah, up. Yeah, the ass. There we go. Yeah, I mean, he's even in kick. He's in so many films, but like, he's always going to be McLovin. Yeah. Well, he's. As you were talking, I was like, you know what? It, McLovin is like the origin story to kick ass. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh yeah, what's the Red Mist? That was it. Red Mist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. Just... Yeah, it is funny how it's like. If you look back at Superbad, it is McLovin's storyline that you like. It's his story that you think of, but mm. but his mm. his plot he's actually the B plot, and like the yeah. A plot is Michael Sarah and Jonah Jonah Hill. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's funny how that can happen with films. Mm. And in regards to the like the comedic beats of the film and how, well, if we say Jonah Hill's the protagonist in the film. When McLovin's introduced, it it brings a different dynamic to like the awkward humor mm. that's at play mm. uh, with Michael Sarah, which yeah, just just enhances the film. It, yeah, it it probably wouldn't be even close to successful if it wasn't for McLovin. Because if anything, on watching back, I mean, I I have a lot of nostalgia with Superbad, but a lot of the jokes, like the. Like at least a lot of the jokes that like Jonah Hill says, there's, there's a lot of like pedo jokes in that in there that I don't really, I don't like, yeah. you know, and I find myself cringing a lot. And but I don't do that with McLovin. I think McLovin. Yeah. Fine. Well, I think I think Jonah Hill in that film is like when it, we've all got that friend, you know, their yeah. their humor bases off them shock value, you know, crudeness. Yeah, it is. They, yeah, he is they, that like awkward guy. Mm. But McLovin's got that intellect. He's got that, like, even down to the when they're saying he's like, "Why did you choose one name?" kind of thing, and he's like, "Oh, it's but it was between that or Muhammad." And Jonah Hill's like, "Why would it be like? Why didn't you just choose a common name?" And he's like, "Muhammad is the most common name on the planet." What do you mean? And I'm like, "Yeah, like he's just he just plays off Jonah Hill's ignorance." You know what I mean? And he just he's constantly I'll like going in on him. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But he's just going in and. <laughs> I just think I just think it's hilarious as well that he's like the youngest looking out of all of them. I mean, they're all pretty baby faced, but like it's him that's getting the booze, you know, of his glasses and whatnot. And mm. when he's trying to get served, he's trying to make that awkward chit chat yeah. with the with the clerk and whatnot. Yeah. This is so good, man. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Yeah, I don't want to discuss the whole the whole film because I could, but yeah, yeah. I'll I'll let you jump in solo. I'll let you jump in. I well I um. You know, the one I'll talk about first, I guess I'll just kind of bounce off, like, because essentially it's a similar kind of vibe with what we're talking about with uh, McLovin. Uh, and that's, I, 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 one of the ones I was bringing was um, Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. Because mm-hmm. it is, it's very much that similar thing where it's like, he's not, actu- he's not actually the main character of the first three films. But it's that same way where it's like when you think about that franchise, you don't think about 
Orlando Bloom as Will Turner or Kira Knightley as Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth Swan. Swan. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you don't think about them, even though Orlando Bloom's actually the main character. She's mm-hmm. the leading lady. And then it's meant to go to Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. But because he brought like that kind of vibrancy and like it's like there's just like he, he I don't know there's something just about the way he, the way that he acts and performs as the character. It's such a well-rounded performance in like present like even even like the walk he does how it's like that very like oh like it's it's yeah. free isn't it? It's like it's yeah. almost like he's freestyling with every line. Yeah, yeah, it, like it. I don't know. It's like he was able to kind of capture something in that character. I mean, to the extent that, like, I say he like he was supporting character in the first three, but they then made two more with him as the main character, and that's how much you know he fucking stole the show. Oh yeah, which which I mean, it says a great deal that you could do that because I mean, without even off- needing to spin it off. It's the same franchise, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, because, yeah, like, because, like, it, with it, spin-offs, there's kind of, like, there's a, there's a curse with some of them. Whereas, like, like granted, yeah. there are ones that work, mm. but by and large, when people think of, like, the spin-off series or, like, spin-off movie, they're regarded as being, you know, subpar. Mm. I mean, granted, yeah. you know, those... The two new pirates. Actually, I suppose saying that I've only seen. I don't think I saw the most recent. Oh no, actually, no, I did see the end of the most recent one. The most, the most recent one saved the franchise from the fourth one. I, I honestly, I hated the fourth one, but the fifth one, I was, it was enjoyable. It was no nothing on the first three, but you know what? Like considering how, in my opinion, in my opinion, the fourth was such a train wreck. The, the fifth think, one, like I was actually like, okay, you've you've not completely destroyed the series now, but I mean, I've not seen the fourth one. The fifth one had a really good start. I thought the first act was really good. It was fun. It was where it needed to be, and then somewhere halfway through the second act, I think it just all started to fall apart. Uh, like the, the by the ending, there's no in, there's no investment, you know, so you don't really uh-huh. sort of what happens you know johnny depp's gonna carry on and so there's no mm. i don't you know but, but the it? film's not bad um mm. and i think it starts off really well like the everything's hitting at the start when they're robbing the bank and everything then he loses all the money and stuff like that i was i was yeah. i was in yeah. well to be fair like i remember is it the Either the second one or something like that, but they make out like Johnny Depp's gonna die, don't they? They make out he gets eaten by the Kraken. Yeah, that yeah, the um, sec- the second one ends with him getting ate by the Kraken. Yeah, and they go to like mm. Crabland. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, this crab way. The locker. And then they bring him back, don't they? Mm-hmm. Although to be fair, interesting thing I found out about Johnny Depp this week and like fascinating for myself as well. He's blind in one eye, you know. Ah. Is he? Like, has I, he always yeah, been that way? Or... I believe so. I think so. I think it was from birth or something. I, you might have to fact check me on that one, but I was looking up celebrities that are partially sighted and whatnot, and it was like Johnny Depp, and I was like, that is mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. I don't. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but is, 
is Robert Downey Jr. apparently lo- like I, uh, he's, I don't he's know. He's losing his side. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I yeah. So I mean, I mean, he's seen Johnny Depp's in like just incredible, isn't he? He's played everything. He's done everything, really. But um, uh-huh. then obviously re- recent news and whatnot. But like, I know I was gonna say, yeah. where are we with the cancelling of Johnny Depp? Are we about to get cancelled here? I'm no, uh, I'm, 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 in, right I'm in full support. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in full support of Johnny Depp. Fam. Anyone who wants to come at me, come at me like happily. Oh, say nothing. Is it is a G? Um, I think. Yeah, you know what? I don't know the guy. You know, I the reality of the yeah. situation. He's a he's an idolized human who who is a human, mm. and he he might I don't know, but I also think I think it's just one of those he, ones where he was. He I mean, both of them. The guy. Yeah. Well, I th- yeah. well, like from how I from what I know about the the whole shit with him and Amber Heard is, I mean, they're like the epitome of. A toxic relationship on both ends yeah. where they were both just so vile to each other mm. and it's like not that like it's one of those ones where it doesn't it doesn't cancel out what either party has done but you're just like this is just a horrible situation that two people have been in mm, and yeah. th- like there's no winners as much as there's no losers or like i mean that's my like granted that's my personal opinion but no, no yeah. i agree with you when it's a situation where it's literally just two victims, mm. um, it's mm. it's just well, it's just highly complex. I mm. fully. But then, like to be fair, like reverting back to to the Jack Sparrow, just just Jack Sparrow in general. Yeah. Um, you don't. Like, I I think he's just got everything. You know what I mean? You know, I was gotta be like ten, maybe nine, when the first one came out. Maybe. Maybe even younger or whatnot, but I feel like Jack Sparrow is that that character that one is comedy. He's the drunk, you know what I mean? Mm. It's funny for adults as well because it's quite a a serious film, you know know what I mean? And for a kid, you don't want Will Turner, he's boring, plain face Will Turner, you know what I mean? You want the drunk idiot that's jumping in the water and make him grow high and give him a and give him a ball. I'm not interested. (laughs) <laughs> literally came I feel like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean like when do you know when it came out I, I feel like it came um, like literally Black Pearl, after not Lord the... of the Rings finished yeah 2004. I think you're right actually yeah which makes sense to why um, you know Legolas would be cast in the titular role hmm mm. Yeah, but what? Yeah, what the one of the things I was going to say is that that line about why is the rum gone is one of the things that like that's one of my dad's lines that he always like <laughs> like like it's one of those uh like family quotes that we always use. <laughs> Actually, but yeah, but funnily enough, well, like speaking of like being the drunk guy, like whenever whenever I've been like hammered to the point where you do have like the you know when you have the Jack Sparrow walk because we've all been there <laughs> I do always hum the Pirates of the like his his theme to my like not the Pirates of the Caribbean theme but it's the one when um, it's the one when he's like on the docks and shit and, like it, yeah like I always like that's my go-to when I'm like, oh yeah, well I'm past. I'm at like, like it's it's like you reach the point of like being Jack Sparrow levels of drug. <laughs> Just 
confident which, with which, it. Which one is it where he's just running around like saying that he's got a jar of that? Uh, second like, one. That's why he's just he's just crackers, isn't he? Just don't get him. This is the thing. He's got heroic moments as well. You know what I mean. He's the clown, but when he when he needs to step up, and steps up like. Yeah, no, it's it. The cat like got the Jack heart. Sparrow character is a great character. Mm. Uh, like uh, I mean, and granted, I'm biased because it's like you know anyone that's willing to take on the East India Company is a hero in my book. But <laughs> <laughs> would you believe? Uh, but. Yeah, no, he he is he is actually like great as an anti-hero, like it like in in that category as well as in the one we're talking about mm. today. Because mm. like they, because I mean this like the second film especially like him and uh, Elizabeth Swan, they like they, they they really have those conversations about like because you know when Je- like he's trying to woo her away from Will, and she's like you know. Like you, you know, you're right to like you can play the game and whatever, but you're not the like you don't have the follow through of being like you like it's like that kind of like they talk yeah. about like like he doesn't have the reliability as being like he, like he's not a trustworthy character kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then he has the moments where he does prove it, like he doesn't he doesn't abandon the fucking ship to get destroyed, even th- like well he did in the second one, but then he comes back because he's mm-hmm. like oh actually I'm not the asshole, but, like I do I do have like things I care about kind of thing. Mm. It's like he's he's gonna try and protect the ship, but given the opportunity his pockets will be full doing it. Mm. No, like mm. yeah. He's a hustler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, also who like who I don't see anyone any kids dressing up as Will Turner for Halloween. Like, <laughs> it's always it's always Jack Sparrow and I've seen so yeah. many people go as Jack yeah. Sparrow to Bro, shit. I was one of them. Like back in the day, I, I, I was I've done a Jack Sparrow fancy dress as well. How long has mm. that for a house party? Yeah. I haven't yet, you know. I'll have to. I have to give it a go. I have to be next. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. You can oh. uh, if you get like the attach on uh, little bead thing. Yeah, already, yeah. Your beard already. Yeah, no, you've got the beard for it already, Rogan. You just need to like <laughs> yeah, braid yeah. it proper. Like I've got the like if we solo's hair, hair on Rogan. Yeah, beard. yeah. <laughs> on me, yeah, bro. This is way beyond thorough, I think, at this point. Yeah. Unless I guess if you braided it, you could probably make it work like the other. Mm. Yeah, not braiding. Anyway, yeah. On that note, though, I think uh, do you, shall we spin back to you, Rogan, for your second supporting character? Oh, sure. Great. Yeah. So, uh, with the second one, I wanted to explore the supporting character who doesn't really have a voice, and in many films, it, it can be portrayed in many ways. Uh, in this one, I am Legend, uh, being. I'll, uh, sorry, Sam. <laughs> you know, I nearly made the mistake, and I was we've like, "I'm not a... going to make the mistake yeah. again." With the last, <laughs> we've time had this one Alec. before. <laughs> yeah, and that's literally why I had Alex on the mind there. Um, yeah, that's a throwback to an earlier episode. Mm. Um, so yeah, with I Am Legend, um, so I Am Legend gives you this this scenario where the protagonist is literally alone. So you you have. You have to be able to have the protagonist uh, express himself so as the audience you can become invested in who he is and what his purpose, what he's doing, what what the journey is. 
Um, and I Am Legend just has a, a, an amazing way of using um, an animal. Now, we've all spoken, or at least I can't speak for everybody, but everybody I know speaks to animals. They can't speak back, you know, but you will, and you will have a conversation mm. with them. And if you yeah. really are present with an animal, there, there, is, there are conversational elements that happen, even though you're speaking and they're not. Um, there's, there's a sort of bond that you can have with an animal that, like, is your pet, but, you know, where it'll connect eyes with you. You can almost communicate to it, and you, you get that experience in this film. Um, oh, definitely. And, and the dog becomes... Sam becomes uh, not only just um, Will Smith's ability to, to communicate, literally to communicate in the film, um, but she's also, like... We we are invested in her as a as a character, almost yeah. as a person, you know. And and it's not necessarily because there just aren't any other humans. Like, um, it's not like superficial, you know. Mm -hmm. She she is a legitimate character. That when you do lose her, I mean, come on, like if you if you've seen this film and you can handle that scene just fine. I, I, I do think you need your head checking, you know, because like, unless obviously you're just not invested in the film, um, but like everybody I know, it hits hard um, when, when we do lose Sam. Mm. And oh, it's just, and anybody who has had a pet knows that they've become one of the family. It, it, it becomes a point where the, human animal divide just just isn't so much of a divide um mm. and yeah that's on display in this film and i think yeah i think sam's the best character in the film uh because as what a supporting character should do is to you know raise the protagonist on on the journey get the mm. get us invested you know usually with a supporting character you you can be what's called a character actor as opposed right. to the leading actor, which gives you yeah. a lot more freedom. But that freedom is there um, to, you know, push, or at least should push the protagonist. And in this case, it, it does it perfectly. I couldn't think, I, yeah. I couldn't think of a better way to do it than how it was mm. done. No, um, it's true. Really? Yeah, and I do think that Sam steals the show, even though the acting is brilliant. Uh, the acting is only brilliant, I think, because, because because of the support because of the supporting <laughs> character yeah you know what as well like she is the reason i won't rewatch the film because like <laughs> like it's it's not the film itself is is it's good it's nothing like I, it's not like my top zombie movie or anything like that but like it had enough of an impact for me. it's kind of like the bridge to terabithia effect like i loved it but I don't want to. I don't want to put myself through that again. You know, mm. like I feel like even on the rewatch, even if you've seen it before, like you're gonna get the whole bond again. You know, and you you know what's coming. And mm. if you've seen it once, you only need to see that scene. You know, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's yeah. well. There's something great about like well, like when animals are used in films, right? They really they really work. Yeah, because it's like an animal is like more so than a child. It very much they become a reflection of their owner. 
So mm. it's like because you know, it's like it's like that. It's like it's like they always say like there's no bad dogs, there's bad owners, because mm. the do- like the dog, like well I guess dogs in particular rely quite heavily on their owner to like feed them, walk them, like train them, like like they they become a partnership, mm. and so it's like when it's done right and like for example with Sam the, in this one that like the empathic behavior they show is because of this like the bond that is built between them and uh I, I can't remember the name of Will Smith's character but like the bond that they have is very strong because of this kind of thing where it's like they very much I mean because essentially they've been living on their own the two of them so it's like it's so strong that it makes the character of sam so much stronger mm. like because i like because i would i would classify her as a character rather than like like much like how we are here rather than just like an animal in a movie mm. if you know what i mean yeah yeah mm. and yeah it, and i think is it is a very good example of how that can work really well in movies yeah it's a, it's a fascinating uh, study to have a sort of a character who doesn't speak kind of like you know Evie and Wally um yeah you know where there's where there's communication barriers uh, I, I, like there's loads of examples but, but I'm, I'm blanking at the minute mm. um but, oh no yeah. I, I actually saw um I say saw but this this was in a book so you know I, I saw the words I guess but there's this in the in one of the new Star Wars books, Into the Dark. There's a character who's a living stone, so it's like they, they can't like they literally okay. don't have a mouth and like don't have a face. But like so they don't speak, have no expressions, but they're written as a genuinely compelling character. Like like when like when the people <laughs> like because people are having conversations with it, and then like it will be their half of the conversation. It will just be like, oh yeah, the character's name is literally Geode. And it's like <laughs> Geode, and it's like Geode maintains their stoic si- like silence. And then like the, and then the response is like, yeah, I always knew you'd give me the silent, like I, w- I always know you're going to give me the silent treatment when we talk about stuff like that. Like it's like, it's like they talk, like, <laughs> it, like it builds this emotional platform within this character. But all you're getting rock. is the reflections <laughs> of that character in other people. Like the same way, I mean, like, again, it's the same thing with Samantha in this, where it's like the reflection of that character is, it, it comes from the emotions in Will Smith, essentially. Yeah. It's, like I, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it is very, it is a very interesting thing and very good when done well. Yeah. Another thing is that like you we all know full well that your dog will lay its life down for you without a second's notice. So like you ne you never question, you know, the loyalty of the Coley, sure. you know. Um, mm. you physically couldn't, you know, you know the dog that dog ain't gonna turn against its owner. It's just not. So it, immediately you 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 get that that's that's the wolf that's the chewy, you know, that's the right hand man. Yeah, or lady mm-hmm. in this case. Well, I guess on that note, do you want to? Pa- shall we pass the buck to you, Sam? 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. On a on a much less sympathetic one, because he's actually kind of a dick in this film. Um, I've gone for <laughs> Paul Giamatti in Straight Out of Compton. He's like fun fun fact about this: the character he's playing, because it's a biopic, it tells the story of N.W.A., um, a rap group in the early '90s, formed with, like Dr. Dre, Easy E, um, Ice Cube. God, why, why is my band DJ oh, yeah. Yellow and uh, MC Ren? Um, and it follows their their story, uh, their come up kind of thing. Now, NWA were like, you know, they they were good and they were like popping in Compton, but this is early nineties. You know, it's all about radio plays and um, all of that. Like, you 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 haven't got your Spotify, you know. So they need mm. they need an ind they need put it lightly they they need their industry white guy as they yeah. say you know i mean they need they need him to do all the books and whatnot and this is jerry heller um who i mean i ended up suing the movie uh straight out of compton <laughs> for their betrayal, oh, yeah. portrayal of him because they were like he was like i'm not like that i mean it, they were pretty spot on with him to be honest they he <laughs> He was embezzling a lot of money out of them. But yeah, Paul Giamatti, he plays this, you know, just his character, how his character shifts throughout the film. You know, he, he he's only, you know, I mean, he sees money. He, he wants money. He, yeah, he sees 100%. talent in them and whatnot. And like his, his interest seems genuine at first, you know, he's, there's a scene in the film where um, they're getting stopped and searched for no reason whatsoever. They just stood outside. They've just come back from getting some burgers and they're still outside their recording studio. And he goes at the police officers like for he's like he knows this is a race thing. Whatever. Like yeah. he knows their thingy. And there's genuine like emotion, you know, you believe him, like this is like he's backing these guys kind of thing. To like as the time goes on, you know, he starts he starts like slowly weeding them out and a lot of money starts going missing, you know, easy ease being favored over the others. Ice yeah. Cube sees this and leaves and whatnot. And, you know, you see Jerry Heller at this point, like basically split the group and like Paul Giamatti, he's like, he starts going after Ice Cube when he releases a diss track on him. And, you know, like he's, the, throughout the film like for the first the first act you love him you know he's giving them the thing he's the reason they're on all these shows he's bringing them to the right people he's you know what i mean shaking hands signing the right papers and whatnot and then yeah. as you as they start to split and you're seeing other sides of it you start to hate him you know and whatnot until the end where it's just him and easy e left and everyone else split other ways because you know he's they've realized he's taken all the money and whatnot and he's actually involved in quite a quite a vicious culture within the american rap culture you know when when shug knight starts knocking at his door and sending hitmen to his to his front door and stuff like that you see like scared jerry heller you know and he, i don't know you just his his performance of it is just so good like he's I obviously Jerry the actual Jerry Heller isn't happy with the with the portrayal and whatnot. But yeah. I mean from from everything else I've read and everything else I've seen, he's nailed him, you know. He's nailed <laughs> him so well. And yeah. from I mean we were discussing before, if you look at Paul Giamatti's filmography, it is so vast. 
like so vast and i mean like the most different kind of roles like he's got quite a unique voice he's got he's a great voice actor so yeah i mean you'll mm. see, you'll hear him in kids films yeah it's true mm. and you know he plays a, a slave owner in 12 years a slave he's his talent is just incredible and you know you, you believe him you really hate this guy in this film you really feel so many different ways about him and i just you know what i mean i just don't think i just you can't touch it really for a guy considering it's a biopic about nwa and don't get me wrong it centers around them like my oh, even yeah. thought with it because i know what happened with nwa afterwards you know you know where dr dre's at now he's mm. he's dr dre you know easy unfortunately passed away and the others have yeah. gone on to do other things but you, i've never heard of jerry heller before like i'd never heard of him this big this big music producer like this big manager you know what i mean but now yeah. just because of paul's performance you know I, I was doing so much research afterwards mm. and whatnot and really like looking into it and whatnot so i was like this is an interesting man this is mm. like, i want to get his side of the story um unfortunately he went and showed his side of the story by suing the filmmakers yeah. um which is no, such a great. like if that's what the character that we get in the film of Jerry Heller <laughs> would do, you know, which yeah. is perfect. You know, they'd yeah, I mean, super, super slender, of course he would. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's one of those ones where it's like it's that that kind of well, I mean, I guess character in terms that this is a movie, but you know, that person's a real thing. And it's like, and it sucks that like that happens to these kids. Like, I mean, like I say, kids. Obviously, they're grown men now, but you know, they were kids were, at the time yeah. of NWA. And it's that, that like that fucked up stuff always happens when there's always there's always some kind of manager agent that's like just just like to that like they don't like they see the talent they see like they see all the good things, but what they see from it is not Money. yeah yeah exactly it's like the, yeah they see like oh i can ride i can ride on their coattails and steal all this money from them mm. like like they're seeing a cash cow rather than like oh man these guys like this is something fresh that the world needs to hear which it is because this like nwa was one of like the first big like gangster rap groups well yeah def yes. i mean definitely probably, groups, probably invented gangster rap you know in, in that mm. way yeah, I mean on the well, I mean, you know, on the West Coast scene, like a hundred percent. Definitely. I mean, there's a great scene in it when, I mean, it's it's. I think they're pretty sure it's factual when their show got shut down. I can't remember where it was, but like they were told that they can't perform the "Foot the Police" song mm. and whatnot. And Jerry Heller saying yes. to them like, "Like, don't perform this song. I beg you. I please don't perform this song. You know what I mean?" And they get up and like. Paul Giamatti's in the crowd and he hears them start to do the thing and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, no. Oh, no, they're going to do it. And they just go and do it anyway. And I just love it. And, like, you know what I mean? He kind of stands with them. Like, once they start performing, he's like, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing we can do. They're going to do this regardless. Yeah, there's like, that, there's, like, two scenes, I think, that show his comedic talent within his dramatic acting, which is that scene, because as they start to do it, as the audience, we get giddy, you know? Um, yeah. And it's quite funny that he's panicking because they're like, do it, you know, where, 
where the sort of opposite force to him. And the other one is on the uh, reaction to no Vaseline, you know, like, yeah, and because yeah. like we're so gassed and him being like, we're going to sue him and that, uh, like, it's funny, you know, it, it, it shows the, the comedic talent of Paul Giamatti coming through in a dramatic role. It just yeah. shows how, like, no, you're right. You're right. I just remember the bit where he's like, I'm going to get like my friends at like the Jewish Jewish yeah. Defense League to get involved. He was like, this anti-Semitic bullshit. And he's, he's like, he's from the hood. He's like, you don't even know what anti-Semitic means. Like, what do <laughs> yeah. you mean? Like, what? <laughs> and he's like, this is gangster rap. We can't, we can't just sue him. Like, we need yeah. to fire back. Although, greatest diss track ever written. I'm putting it out there. No Vaseline. Cool. How, how are you going to just cuss down everyone you used to rap with? So well to the point where they didn't even bother responding. They were like, "Nah, nah, we're we're good." Like they didn't they didn't make another track after that. <laughs> well, this no. in him anyway. They just allowed Ice Cube to do his own thing after that. They were like, "Yeah, we can't touch this guy." <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, great yeah. biopic, great story as well. Um, but yeah, I guess we we run we run back to solo for the the third and final. Yeah, well, funnily enough, mine is a, it is mine's a biopic as well, actually, that I've brought, which is um, it's the Grand Master from two thousand thirteen, which is a it's a biopic on Ip Man, who's a famous martial artist, um, uh, like largely for like the popularization of Wing Chun, because like that was one of the um. Like I mean, they, they kind of they cover this in the film, but essentially, Wing Chun was one of the. Uh, it it was it was a rich person martial art. Like it was like an like an aristocratic martial art, and he was like one of the like his story was like he was the guy that kind of brought Wing Chun to the people. But I, I mean, you know, it's it's a great story, but like I'm I'm not I, the reason I brought it is for because. Basically, they introduced this character called, was it Gong? Gong Er? And um, basically, she she's like, I think only in a, like, a third of the film at best. But, like, she's just so fucking sick. Because, like, it's, because it's, um, I, well, I guess, well, so it's played by Zhang... You know, it, uh, I guess I, you know, I'm not sure how to say her name right because mm. it's impossible. Like, because yeah, like Romanized spellings never make sense. So it's like I think it's like Zhang Zi, but I mean, but essentially that's guesswork because you can never tell with like whether it's like a Z or an X in Chinese names. Mm. They it's can different sa- phonetic. It's just exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. Romanized spellings never make any fucking sense, or at least in my opinion, they never make any sense. <laughs> but, but, I, but, but, like she's she's actually like a banging actress. Like, I, like, like I, I would say her other biggest film is. I mean, maybe this is only just to me personally, but it's uh, in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She plays the can't remember the character name 
Why it's the girl that steals the the Greek the sword of destiny, you know, the green sword, she, and she has that fucking sick fight with Michelle Yeoh in the dojo, <laughs> and then the other one with uh, oh, what's his name again? Uh, I can't remember the name of the main guy in Crouching Tiger now, but he, I mean, any, anyways, I'm not talking about Crouching Tiger, so I guess it doesn't matter mm-hmm. too much. <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, so that's what she's from, but she's. She's just got, she has great like screen presence. And I think as well, it comes from the fact that she has quite a unique accent. Cause I'm not, she plays a Northern character in this, but I don't know if she's actually Northern. Like, just cause I, I mean, I don't know where she was born or what have you, but she has like a really wonderful voice. And it's like, it's one of those ones that has like a really commanding presence to it. So it's like every scene that she's in, because she has this brilliant voice, you're just like, like you, you're you're completely drawn to her, even though she's the supporting character and is not even in more than half the film. But 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 anyway, so like the reason she essentially fucking steals this film is because as you kind of get to Act Three of the movie. Um, Actually, well, fun, funnily enough, this is it covers a similar time period to um, the Chinese connection that I was talking about the endings. So it's like mm. China's invade, like China's been invaded by Japan, uh, and then after World War II, the the country sort of is in that kind of chaos period before the Communist Party kind of takes power, and basically they cover a lot of the kind of history of Hong Kong when like different communities kind of gathered there and like how they tell it is through like the different like martial art masters. And when they come to Hong Kong, uh, like because it's Ip Man's story, it's about when he was in Hong Kong and he met all these different masters and like the kind of things he learned from them, taught them and like these kind of relationships they built. And then when she eventually comes to Hong Kong in, um, I don't know, like way, like quite late after It Man's been there and all these other guys, she has this story where basically her, her father, who was like the kind of master of this, um, I can't remember what their martial art was, because it was, a, I, I think it might have been a hybrid style. But, base, but basically, um, during the time the Japanese were there, this guy, Ma Seng, became a Japanese collaborator and was teaching Japanese soldiers and shit the martial art that was essentially her family's legacy. So the dojo essentially got took, taken over by the Japanese and Chinese collaborators. Uh, her father dies and she is kind of forced to flee and it's like she so basically it's like her kind of story is like she's lost her family legacy essentially because it's, it's, it's been stolen from her by this guy ma seng and as you get to know her you find out that after that happens she's made a vow to like she yeah she's made a vow to never get married never have children never fall in love because of like this dishonor that's happened to her 
and it just builds towards this fucking bit where Ma Seng comes to Hong Kong for the new year and she she catches him on the train station and they have this fucking like badass fight and she just fucks him up because and then like she oh yeah and so she has a brilliant fucking line where she's like uh, yeah so she fucks up Ma Seng and he's like oh yeah you know I I returned the Gong family legacy to you and she's like yeah okay but I just want you to know that you didn't return it I fucking earned it back like because he's on the floor like fucked up after she just beat the shit out of him and she's just like yeah this is yeah, it she yours. took that back yeah, full, fully. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, you can, damn belt. Yeah, trust me. It's like, yeah, you can t- like, like, like that could be your version of events, but let's just be clear that you didn't give nothing. Yeah. I've yeah. fucking yeah. taken this. Yeah, this wasn't willing. <laughs> yeah, trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, and so yeah, so she has this like essentially. There's like a half hour chunk almost that is this her story, and like in. Like a, do you wait? How long is the? F- I think the film's around two, the two hour mark. It might be like two fifteen, maybe two ten. But there's only really a half hour that is her story, but it's the best fucking part of the film. Like she completely like takes the show away from. Uh, I I don't to be honest. I didn't actually know who the actor was that plays Ip Man in this one because Donnie Yen's obviously the popular one from the Ip Man movie series yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was gonna ask you how this fits in with that um because if it's a fairly well, new film and the yeah. series i think the final one came out last year yeah oh. so it's a diff it's a different basically this is like the biopic of it's like it's like a dramatization because a gong er for example zhang ji's character is actually like I didn't find out until I was like doing the research, but she's actually a fictional character within that story, e- even though it's it, like the It Man story is real, but oh, hers was an added in thing. Okay, uh, wow. like I haven't actually I, I haven't actually seen the Donnie Yen movies, so I'm not sure how much crossover there is. Um, you you haven't you haven't but, seen the It Man movies. No, I I never got around to them. That's surprising. Which is weird because of how many. Yeah, yeah, right. Because <laughs> they're the, they're the ones they're I've I've seen the first two and they're like the only sort of kung fu, well but martial art kind of films I've ever watched. Mm. Really? Yeah, you're so into martial. Art. I guess they're I think they're like your commercial ones, you know. Like I feel like everyone kind of knows about it, man, just for the fight scenes and shit. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean they are like they are. I mean, they are known to be good. Like, I think it's just one of those ones that just haven't got around to it. Because it's like, because you, you know, you only watch films when you're younger. If you have like the DVDs or you catch them on TV, yeah. And I just never did. And then now it's like one of those things. Where it's like there's just so much fucking content out there. Which, yeah. as much as I love Donnie Yen, I've just never, I've just never got around to it. Uh, but yeah, but again, but like. Because Zhang Ji is such a fucking good... Actually, she has a brilliant, like, soliloquy in this film where it's like her and Ip Man have tea, like, one last time. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just... It's one of those scenes where it's like... It's just... I don't even know how to describe... It's just, it's like, I mean, you like, just as... A, like, if we did, like, best soliloquies, I probably would bring this back. 
because it is just one of those ones where she's just talking about how like she's not going to pass on her martial art like she's accepted the life that she's like even though now she's beat Marseille and has taken back the legacy as it were because she's made this vow she's like I'm not you know I can't rescind it and she kind of she's like from her herself yeah like essentially because like her her kind of like guardian I guess you'd call them like like has like the kind I guess like this sort of replacement patriarchal figure in her life does like tell like cautions her against taking the vow in the first place because he's like this is this is a big fucking deal mm. if you go this route and yeah no it's just it's one of those it's just like and it is because I mean Zhang Ji is a great fucking actress like she's on like the top uh, what was it? You know, I, I just read it before we came on here. Yeah, so she's been in the top five uh, 100 Chinese celebrities for, what was that, six six years straight uh, every year. So it's like, yeah, so she's like, she, she's a fucking sick actress. Like, mm. actually, if you, ha- if you haven't seen Crouching Tiger, she's actually in Rush Hour as... Mm. Um, in the first one, she's the girl who I can't remember how. Like she, she's the villain girl in the first Rush Hour. Like I can't remember the character. Oh name. yeah, but you know who? Like she has a couple mm. fights with Jackie Chan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, and like at the end, you know, she has the bomb and like blows herself up trying to get uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan at the end. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, she she is she is very very good, and like I mean to the point where it's like, well, she's in a half hour of a movie, but owns the fucking movie in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one that um, I need to watch. To be honest, it mm. sounds banging. Yeah, it, yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. It was okay. actually, funnily enough, it was actually. It, that movie was actually one of the movies that like inspired me to go on this uh, to to do a film course at uni because of just how fucking good it was. Wow, Fair. that that was your Fair. matrix. <laughs> yeah, one of them. One of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we sign off, uh, do you want to give a an out of ten for this week's Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah. Um, four. Um, four. Mad, I got eight. Me, I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was sweet. I. Mm, you know, I, I'm. I'm gonna go seven. Because I was a bit fit, like, I was kind of back and forth on it. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. You know, you know what? I think. I think maybe four is a bit harsh. I just feel like. Yeah. One <laughs> follow, following up one division. Uh, with just with 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 plain um plain Marvel storytelling in my opinion. Everything was a bit I, I mean the ending was Even cool. To the me wrong, but like, part of it. Yeah, but I just yeah, mean but... like there was no there's no you know what I mean, there's not I'm not dying to see next week's episode, you know what I mean? I'm not well, it was I just... thought it was so sick. From the fantasy yeah. elements that when the vision gave us, this just grounded us. It got us like we, we got we got to learn that like you know nobody's paying 
man to fight Thanos, you know? And at the end of the yeah. day, he's broke and the banks are still like, I want a selfie off you, man. But I ain't giving you a loan because yeah, you haven't true, been here true. for five years. So that was like real shit. You got to see family and then you got to see Bucky dealing with some shit, man. And like, he's yeah. been pardoned and he's got his mind back. But with getting his mind back comes literally every memory yeah, and you see him almost, he's now almost stalking this old man out of guilt, you know, just to try and get a wink of sleep. Even symbolically, like, he can't sleep on the bed, he's sleeping on the floor. And then you've got the action sequence. I'm, I'm hyped for this show. No, it's Bucky's story that I'm very much invested in. Like, oh yeah, for me at least. Like, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Falcon and US agent storyline plays out. And I do hope that Falcon becomes the new Captain America by the end of this. One hundred percent. I just love Bucky's character, and I mean, and Sebastian Stan, in my opinion, is a better actor than Anthony Mackie. Mm. I, think, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, throwing shade at Papa Dot like that. I, I don't know. Well, I don't mean it as a diss. I just mean it like, <laughs> I just think you know he's Fuck the better Papa character Dot. and performance. <laughs> Yeah, but no. um, I I might have to rewatch it then, just because from the view, it didn't, it just didn't have that wow factor for me afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. showing why I didn't message either of you because I didn't feel the need to talk <laughs> about anything afterwards. You know what I mean? I was a bit like, oh, okay. oh, mm. oh like yeah, maybe that might change. Depends on time. episode two. It, well, it just yeah, felt, absolutely. Mm, I think I really enjoyed the the quirkiness of One Division and just the weirdness of it and. The you having to figure things out, whereas I feel like this is going to be this is going to give you a lot more information. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like I I, I love that kind of I love it's like Marvel a re- classic Marvel storytelling, which I love. I'm a big fan of the Marvel series, but I think One Division was so good, and it took me so out of that kind of storytelling that now I'm mm. kind of disappointed to be back into it. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, like I want more wacky. No, They've shown me they can write surreal and mystery and whatnot. I kind of, I kind of want that back, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I might have to rewatch it though. I think maybe with a fresh mind and whatnot, definitely. Like, I'm, I feel like maybe Loki and yeah. maybe I, I Doctor Strange I'm will play on the weirdness again. So I'm gonna say we'll sign off with that note. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Safe. All right. Good night. Bye.